Hey, Slingers. Thanks for tuning in for another Word Slinger podcast. And this week, I'm talking to somebody I truly admire. I'm talking to Mike Winland and uh, a little later, his wife, Jennifer. They're the hosts of the Road Trekking RV podcast. So you're going to want to stick around. I'll see you in just a moment. This episode of the Word Slinger podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Thanks for tuning in. I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't make any bones about that. Now, um, I'm glad you're here because this week I'm talking to Mike, and a little later, his wife Jennifer Winland. Uh, Jennifer dropped in toward the end of the interview. Um, if you don't know who they are, Mike and Jennifer Winland run the. Uh, they actually produce the the Road Trekking RV Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, I think I've got the name right now. I I tend to get it wrong, <laughs> but they are the uh, they're the hosts of the, of that show. Now, I started listening to um, that podcast way back when when uh, Kara and I decided we were going to sell our home, buy an RV, and live in it full time. Uh, you know, we did that for a little over a year, really, um, and uh, you know, it, it was a great experience. Kara, I think, was. Um, ultimately decided she didn't particularly care for being in it full time. Uh, she likes to have space. She likes to have an office space. She likes to have tables. <laughs> so um, I think I could have kept going, honestly. I really enjoyed the whole experience of uh, being on the road. Um, you know, being able to take a road trip, pull off somewhere. You've got a bathroom with you. You've got a kitchen with you. Uh, you know, a full kitchen, by the way. You know, we could do uh, anything we wanted. Pull something out of the fridge. Pull something out of the freezer. Uh, I had an ice maker. <laughs> I could uh, I could uh, prepare a meal on the road. I got a microwave, a convection oven. I got a, a, a gas uh, stovetop, full sink, full bathroom, full uh, shower, uh, full size bed. I mean, I had it all. I had it all. Um, honestly, I think it would be a bachelor's paradise. I mean, if I, if we're just being honest, if I were single, I'd probably still be living in the RV. <laughs> It's probably good I still own it because uh, every now and then I think I tick Kara off enough that she would throw me out uh, and make me uh, probably make me live in the thing. So, um, I you know, there's a lot going on. Um, I didn't get a chance to tell you this in the last podcast. Now, you, you know there's a new format. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing a, a brand new format. In fact, if you're watching on YouTube, it probably looks a great deal different because um, as of today, I, I've, I've changed even the way I handle... Um, the recording that I've got a different camera, um, went out and got a, uh, a camera and a stand that I could, you know, elevate things a little, um, got a different, a slightly different lighting setup. We'll see how this works out. I'm, I'm going to tinker. I'm going to continue to play around with this and see what I can, uh, work out if I can make it look better, uh, over time, but it's all part of that iterative process. But what I didn't get to tell you last week, cause it didn't happen until after, but, um, I, uh, it, <laughs> I, I did all this streamlining and my estimate was I want to get this show down to, uh, something I can produce both audio and video within one hour. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I had the, uh, the, the show was essentially produced, but, um, I had, ran into some technical difficulties and it took me uh, basically three solid days to actually produce the show. Um, now that that shouldn't happen again, we'll see. We'll see. I've already had a few glitches and technical difficulties this morning, but it's because I keep changing things. It's because I'm changing the way I do it and uh, the configuration here. So uh, some of that's to be expected. But um, it took me three days, um, mostly because of Dropbox. I use uh, Smart Syncing on Dropbox, which is a feature you can get if you you pay uh, for a pro account, and uh, I use that. And what it does is it makes it. It makes your files look and seem and generally behave as if they're on your hard drive, but they're really being stored in the cloud, uh, and they get downloaded selectively. Uh, and that helps free up hard drive space. And uh, that's 
that's important because you want to, uh, it, it, if you have more hard drive space, your machine generally will run better. It has larger cache and it can, uh, it doesn't get bogged down as easy. So, um, to keep the system running nice and smooth and clean, I, I do that. Now, I thought it was smart. Uh, I still think it's smart, <clears throat> but, um, I didn't account for the fact that some of my software, uh, like Final Cut Pro, uh, depends on reloading those video clips. Even though you may have deleted a, a project, um, it reloads, it tries to reload the previous video clips, <laughs> and which were not on the hard drive and were rather large. And so it had to re-download them, which made Final Cut keep crashing every time I opened it. Um, little things like that. So anyway, um, that's that's the woes of the words on your podcast, but we got that fixed. Uh, we're good to go now. Um, anyway, I'm hoping this one goes a lot smoother. I'm still curious, uh, what you, what do you think of the new format? How, you, how are you liking it? Is it working for you? Um, I didn't change anything so dramatically. I mean, I, I most of the changes are kind of invisible. They're on my end. Uh, but, you know. Uh, does the flavor of the show, has it changed a little? Do you like the ad spots? Um, you know, Sonata and Scribe, by the way, that's a Nick Thacker joint. I just interviewed him yesterday about that service. I don't know when that interview will go live, but you'll, you'll see another, uh, ad for that in the, uh, in the show. You'll hear that. Uh, and I was curious also if you caught on to things like the little, you know, the music around the news spot, that sort of thing. That's all new. <laughs> That's me playing around and having some fun with it. Uh, and uh, hopefully improving the production value of the show and, and giving you something to smile over. So, all right. Um, I've yammered on long enough. Let's let's get into this interview. Uh, I talked to Mike about, uh, you know, producing his show on the road, uh, his career. Um, you know, some uh, we there's even some, like, tips and tricks in there, a little bit about... Uh, RV life on the road, uh, particularly when it comes to like internet and getting online. So we're going to talk about all that stuff and more in this interview. I hope you enjoy it. So thank you and stick around afterwards for the uh, industry news. I've got some stuff you're definitely going to want to hear. Um, so I'll see you on the other side of this interview with Mike and eventually Jennifer Winland. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Now, um, now today I'm talking to somebody that He's a podcaster I listen to quite a bit. Uh, I, in fact, I've come to respect him and his wife, Jennifer, uh, quite a bit for their uh, expertise of being out on the road. I'm talking to Mike Winland. He's the host of the Road Trek podcast. Uh, he's a veteran journalist. He's, uh, this guy's got letters. Uh, so, Mike, man, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Well, it's good to be with you. This is, uh, this is always fun. Always yeah. fun. It's always fun to be on the other side of the microphone, you know? I know, isn't it? It, it gets yeah. to the point where it's almost uncomfortable. Like, you you feel like no, you should be asking questions. Yeah, well, I don't have to prep <laughs> as much, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, Mike, you, for the, so my listeners, we've talked about RVs a lot on this show. Um, authors love RVs. Uh, this is what I've come to discover. When, I, when my wife and I decided we would move into an RV, we did that for a year, a little over a year. Uh, and, uh, we were traveling. I got so much response from that. So many, you know, emails asking questions. I had Joe and Kate Russo from where the Russo's on the show had other RV experts on the show. Um, but I, I would love for you to break down your podcast real quick. Just tell people what that show is about and what you're doing with it. All right. It's actually called the RV podcast. Okay. It's extremely original name. <laughs> <laughs> Did I butcher it? I thought, uh, no, you got it. And we okay. are. We are, we're trying now to figure out how to celebrate our 200th episode, which will be coming out uh, uh, very shortly. Yeah. And uh, that means I have never missed a deadline in 200 weeks, including bad internet, uh, hospital stays. I've done it all through there. But the podcast, uh, I almost have to go way back to the whole story of how I got into writing and reporting and uh, podcasting and doing videos about the RV lifestyle because my background is that of uh, a journalist, uh, a writer. I've written five books and uh, uh, most of my career has uh, caught up in big daily newspapers and some. I still do a weekly NBC technology report, but I was always on the road. Yeah, and most of my work was uh, as an investigative reporter, so it was crime and corruption, and I just got all burned out on that. And then the media changed. I mean, it really did change. Everybody had an agenda. 
mm-hmm. consultants were telling, you know, news directors and editors, oh, you got to have more of this kind of story. And, oh, your leads have to be under a hundred words. And, and then we went into narrative writing and it was just ridiculous. And so yeah. I got out of it. And uh, I wanted to go back to many of the places that I had visited as a journalist, uh, places that, you know, they would parachute me in. I'd use a beautiful mountain scene for a backdrop for my stand-up. Right. Do whatever tragedy of the day was, leave, get on a plane, go to the next story. And so I wanted to just go back and experience this country because it was just a big blur to me. Right. And I bought a little RV. And this was almost seven years ago now. And uh, because I have been a writer my whole life, I had to share that experience, you know? So initially it was just with my kids and some friends and family. And so we started to, to blog called a place called Road Trekking. That was the name of the RV we bought, a road trek. And so I was on like, roadtrekking.com. And so I started that blog and soon a, um, a one of the, the, the people who make road treks contacted us. They became a sponsor because I did a lot of technology stuff, Verizon Wireless became a sponsor and yeah. uh, it, it just grew and grew. And out of that came the podcast and then the video channel and a newsletter. And you know, all this stuff that we do now uh, right. to, to be independent and location independent and have to survive in this world. Um, we have to be able to do all those things. So I have all those different platforms, but the podcast is probably uh, uh, the, the subject of the most joy because you can spend more time on it. And yeah. I get to share this with my wife. We get to travel and uh, it's awesome. It's just a, an awesome life. So that's how the podcast came. And now they're all tied in with all these other things and uh, we're having fun. I mean, your show is very well produced, uh, high production value. It's got a lot, you've got interviews, you've got, you've got stingers for segments. You've got all this stuff built into it. That, I think it's like a model for podcasts, honestly. I should well, probably aspire to reach your level. Well, of well, I kind of, we tried to design it, you know, back in the old days when you'd have a newspaper and it had different sections, you know, and, right. uh, and in television, it became like a television magazine, but all devoted about traveling, technology, uh, photography, videography, mm-hmm. uh, interviews with, with uh, you know, some of the issues that traveling poses today and right. uh, all the geared around that RV lifestyle, which is right. really a great lifestyle. Yeah, it is. I, you're, um, so when I, my quick backstory, my wife walks into my home office one day in the house we used to own and says, uh, what if we sold the house and bought an RV and lived in it full time? Which shocked me because this is something I had pitched, you know, six or seven years earlier. And when we'd first gotten married, it was shot down right away. Um, but I had always wanted to try this. And so, you know, we, we did it when I started researching, you know, you're, you guys were one of the first, of course, it's your podcast is named perfectly. So I found it right away. Uh, but you guys were one of the first resources I, I found for getting into this. So, wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty inspiring because we're just stumbling along. I am not. A, <laughs> that's the way it I'm, goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Most of the time when we set off on the road, we have no idea where we're going, where we're going to end the night. Sometimes, yeah. I love that actually. Yeah, yeah. I do too. It's, you know, the yeah. biggest decision is to return left or right. 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 uh, So that's really exciting to know that because a a lot of people are 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 going to this lifestyle. You you guys do. um, I'm stealing. I'm going to steal terminology from you all through this interview. Okay, but you guys do serendipitous travel. I'm going to get t-shirts printed up there. I travel serendipitously. (laughs) Okay, I'll be your first customer. I will buy that. yeah, uh, that is the way we talk. I think part of it is a rebellion against, you know, being a journalist and always on deadline. Although I kind of am now, but it's my own deadlines that I set. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll set off. We may have an ultimate destination in mind, but uh, we'll kind of set off in that direction and then we'll see something on the road. Might be a roadside saying, you know, this is the jello capital of the world. As right little town in New York, upstate New York was. Right. So off we turn and we'll go visit that. And so sometimes we will just, uh, we'll just see something that, that we think is an interesting story. Um, and uh, we'll stop and, and tell it. And I think that's the thing I've discovered most is that I think, you know, we've been real blessed in the, the terms of the audience we've picked up and the responses we get. But I think the underlying reason is people are so hungry for good news. And I yeah. don't mean 
goody two-shoe news or slamming news. I mean, just the interesting places and people that are out there right. across North America. And that's what we kind of write about. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I know for sure about your show, that I can count on your show to show me um, the more positive side of the U.S., because I'm inundated, like everyone else, with very negative imagery about our country right now. And so you guys present a very hopeful uh, look at, you know, coast to coast, you know, what, the, what this country actually looks like to the people living in it. So I appreciate oh, that. That's, that's, a, that's a, a real compliment. That's kind of what we, we hope to do. I mean, there's just so many fascinating places. And then it is a creative type, you know. You, yeah. You, you get... You know, the other thing I have is every town has a story. And that is so true. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm now at the States, and I'm, I'm actually thinking I might try a couple of novels because almost every place I go, I run into a Christian. We, we just, for example, we just were, we're going out to Montana. Yeah. And we took uh, the northern route, US 2 across this time. And we came to a little town called Haver, H-A-V-R-E. And uh, we were just going to spend the night there and then, you know, move on. And we saw this thing tour the Haver Underground. It's in Montana, what's that? What turns out at the turn of the last century, this little Western town, which was a melting pot of uh, Oriental workers for the railroads mm -hmm. who were kind of ostracized, cowboys who were resenting all the money that was coming in from the, from the, the wealth of the railroads, and uh, some miners. And so this town was a boom town. Well, it burned out in December of that year. And what do you do in the middle of nowhere? And so they built underground. They, they literally built this underground city and lived wow. under there as they waited for spring and to rebuild the town. And you can tour much of it. They built in skylights in the sidewalk that would light the inside of this place. They ran electricity in there. It was just a fascinating story. So, I mean, you can wow. make about three novels out of that. Yeah, story. no joke, man. I, I, okay. There was I a saloon in there, a, a bordello <laughs> in there, an opium den in there. They had all that. And uh, yeah. so I said, man, this is a great story. Man, this is why I travel. Yeah. Every book I have, every book I've written has come from some trip I've taken or, you know, some conversation I had while on the road. So yeah. that, that right there, I, I have to struggle not to completely steal that idea from you, right? <laughs> every town has one of those stories, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I'm just, I'm looking at a big map over there. Oak Ridge, Tennessee is where they developed the atomic bomb. Yeah. They went into this little place the government did and they evicted everybody. They paid them, you know, a fair value for the house, but they evicted the whole place. Then they built the city and they said it was for some government research project, but it was where they developed the atomic bomb. Right. They built this model city, all these houses. I mean, what are, and nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what these people were really doing. And uh, you can now tour that. I think, wow, there's another story, you know, and <laughs> across this country and city after city, there's little stories like that. So. Um, yeah, I get to do, I usually try and do a video and then we do uh, pictures and, and a blog post on it. But uh, this last trip I went, I, I've come back with nine stories now I have to edit and uh, get put together. <laughs> well, okay. we take it off in a couple of weeks for North Dakota or North Carolina. So who knows yeah. what's going on there. That brings me to the, the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, honestly, because for a retired guy, you're the hardest working guy I know. Um, um, yeah. I'm not retired. I thought I was. I know. Yeah, I, I get that impression. Jennifer added it up the other day, and she said that I am working 60 hours a week. So uh, I said, no, it can't be. But yeah. she's right, you know. Um, I, every morning I get up, I spend a couple hours handling all the social media stuff and, you know, mm -hmm. kicking out the trolls and the negative stuff and the people who try to attack somebody you know everybody who has anything on facebook you know what that's like you oh, gotta yeah. monitor it yeah and then i have i have to update them i have new content on my blog every single day i made that pack too that i have new contact either by me or somebody that i i recruited so i go over that and then we start the you know you got to promote all that stuff because there are no press agents and there's you know there's none of that stuff anymore you right. got to be your own everything and and then it's time to go gather a story or to travel and edit and video and shoot and interview. And then I come back home and I got to process all that stuff. And, and she's right. Anyway, it was 60 hours a week. But when you're having fun right. and when you're enjoying it, I just finished one that'll go up uh, in the next day or so about uh, monsters and myths and mysteries up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. 
Oh. And uh, it was so much that's... fun to do that story. It was just really fun. Yeah. I couldn't wait. So, but uh, that's the problem when you do something you really like, you're, you're unaware that it is work. And I got to figure out a little balance there, but yeah. I've got I mean, a wife to help me with that. So. You're still a field reporter going on yeah. assignments. You just get to decide the assignments. That's the, yeah. that's the coolest job in the world, man. Oh, it, it is. We just did uh, the Custer Battlefield, a little Bighorn yeah. Battlefield. Yeah. What a place that is. Talk about history and uh, just, just amazing stories that you can find. And we got out there right when they were also doing a reenactment of that battle. And, uh, you know, you want to just stay in these places and you get to immerse yourself in the culture a little bit. Mm -hmm. you know, we always eat at local restaurants. We never go to a fast food or a chain. And uh, sometimes good, oftentimes not so good, you know, the food. But still, it's, you get to experience the community a little bit that way. We, do our laundry on the road and we always yeah. try to pick a laundromat in the heart of the little town that we're in. And, uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's being able to live everywhere as you travel. They say, you know, if you want to get to know a community, the best way is to go find the food that they're eating <laughs> and yeah. where they're eating it. <laughs> and then where they wash their clothes. You also wash their clothes. a little look at the underbelly of the town. That there well. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different perspective. Yeah. 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 So how are you? Uh, so I mean, I know you've you've got a you've got an arsenal of gadgets. Some of these are provided by like Verizon, that sort of thing. So connectivity, I'm guessing, isn't always such a, a challenge. Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, Verizon uh, is our is one of our sponsors. But even if they were not, I would still uh, use them because in ninety five percent of the country. I'm able to get a internet solid signal that will let me either go live or upload video or upload all my photos and stuff. Um, I use a cell phone booster when the signal's weak in many parts of the country uh, from Wilson. Uh, they're not a sponsor. I just use their, their WeBoost system is probably the, the better. Mm -hmm. uh, I am testing out uh, a, a satellite internet system. It's a, kind of a prototype for something that really isn't gonna be ready for a couple of years. Right. There's a whole new network of low orbiting satellites that will go online starting next year yeah. that will provide amazingly fast internet service uh, through a satellite. And uh, they're talking about embedding antennas in the roofs of cars. And uh, this is just gonna be an amazing uh, game changer for anybody, particularly the, the many people who have become, you know, the buzzword now is location independent. Those yes. are travel and, and work from the road. So, um, so I, I am, I love to, to talk uh, tech, but it's pretty simple now. I mean, there's, I just came back, like I said, from one of the more remote parts of Montana up by the Canadian border and uh, had solid connection all the way there, which yeah. seems kind of strange when you're in the middle of the wilderness and yeah. you have nothing around and there you are cruising, streaming movies on Netflix. <laughs> you're Go surrounded by bears and forest and you can order uh, something off of Amazon. That's yeah. actually, actually, <laughs> I did. I ordered uh, a new lens for, for that. You know, if you see this I ordered this new lens right here. Yeah. I ordered this uh, while I was watching bears at uh, at Glacier National Park. So yeah. So you so connectivity is well. I mean, you know, that was a challenge for us when we were on the road. I, of course, I do the podcasts. I I was at one time hosting like eight different podcasts, and I, I was appearing on hundreds of them at a time. So I had to have a good internet connection. Uh, but that was always the biggest challenge. And then we 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 are Verizon subscribers. Uh, they're not a sponsor of this show yet, uh, but we'll we'll keep working on that. But when uh, we came off the road. About a month after we came off the road, Verizon released their unlimited data plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a nice thing to have. It oh, would, yeah. That is. would have changed everything. Yeah. So other than um, a solid internet connection, I mean, what are some ways that you're managing workload on the road? Because you're doing quite a bit. You're writing, you're oh, yeah. video editing and audio editing. So how um, are you connecting? And we're doing this in a pretty small RV. We're in a Class B RV, which is right. basically the two of us and my dog, Bo. Uh, and he was a Norwegian elk on, he's 65 pounds. He's yeah. a fairly, fairly good sized boy. I remember um, when he was just a surprise puppy, your kids. He was, yeah. <laughs> he, was. he was named by our listeners. We did a contest. Yeah. And, uh, they named him. But 
uh, he's doing good. He's, uh, he keeps us going. But I think, you know, uh, connectivity is, is critical. I have a separate podcast system in the RV because we're on the road half to three quarters of the time. Right. Um, I've got a nicer thing here in my studio with, you know, different mics, bigger mixer. But basically the same thing, just stripped down with a headset type thing that I use uh, for the mic with uh, mm -hmm. Jennifer and I. I record, uh, you know, the interviews on Skype uh, or, or we'll do them in person, which we're able to do when we're out on the road. And so the time, you know, the challenge for me is uh, we shoot so much and we gather so much material that if I don't categorize it or put it in files or download the video into, a, into my heart, into a, a spare hard drive I use for editing, if I don't do that right then, you know, three days later, I don't remember where everything is and it becomes a big mess. And so right. uh, that's probably the biggest workload task is at the end of a very busy day, having to take all that video, all those photos, uh, find all the notes and keep somehow track of them in different files, story files that I build on each story that we're working on. And I, I, I said, I just came back with nine of them. That I kind yeah. Of do. yeah. Yeah. So you're, um, now you talk, you mentioned how many books did you say you have? Oh. I've done I've done five. One uh, they all are nonfiction. And that's why okay. I've got to try a novel sometime. Uh, it's fun. First was um, you know uh, called the Arizona Project. It was about the death of a journalist out in Arizona back in '76, I think it was. And uh, a ghost wrote a book. Actually, I co-authored and ghost wrote a book uh, about a financial guy who started uh, stuff. And then I uh, started a, an investment uh, service that hundreds of thousands of people belong to. And then uh, some tech books back uh, in the days of uh, CB radio and then the internet. I even tried, I even published a couple on Amazon. I did a couple of tech books on Amazon. Oh, okay. And I think we're going to now turn a bunch of our blog stuff into uh, eBooks. That's a good idea. Is, is good. You know, what amazes me is how many people I read every, all the time as you certainly all, I'm sure most of your audience does, but, what amazes me is how many people are now bypassing traditional publishers and just and making really good livings. Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's me and a large chunk of my uh, my yeah. listenership. Uh, yeah, so, I just I, I love I get all into these military uh, novels, these these uh, in espionage stuff, the Brad Thor type works, and I, I just yeah. finished the series. The guy's got like nine books and. Uh, one of the book, just really well-written books. He's doing really well on Amazon. No hardcovers any, anywhere. No hard, but he's right. selling a gazillion books. And you know, you all end up learning how to be your own marketer too, which is right. what I've been doing with this. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's big. That's big. Um, the it's kind of interesting to see that industry unfold, the indie publishing industry, um, and that, I'm ecstatic to be a part of it. I mean, I had a traditional contract when I first started. Uh, but I've got, I've gained so much more <laughs> by owning that career. Uh, so when you, uh, when you talk about novels, are you talking about going that route? You're going to self-publish? I have, well, you know, I read a lot of novels cause it's just good to clear your mind of all that right. stuff. But, um, you know, any book you read, you learn something. And, and so I have often thought as I travel, I mean, I just named two or three stories that, you know, that could yeah. be, could easily be worked into a novel. So, uh, I guess the thing would be to find the extra time because I'd want to devote several hours a day to it. And yeah. uh, I don't think I'd have trouble with the story because there's plenty of stories out there. Uh, but yeah, I think I want to do a novel. I have mm -hmm. not done one. That's one I can say I've not, I've only written nonfiction and uh, boy, it'd be kind of nice not to be quite as, uh, as bound by the, by sequence yeah. and, and uh, facts. As, That's uh, true. I would. Yeah. You can play a little loose. I, I still get, I still get people who get irate if I get some details wrong. Oh yeah, that's what research. Is. Yep. Yeah, I've got but, that part down. I can research very well. So now let's see if I could put it into a novel. Uh, you ought to be good at it, man. I, you're a storyteller. You can just yeah, yeah that's what get, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be. I'd be excited to see that. I, I and I, I would love to see like if you if you're gonna start turning some of those blog posts into ebooks or something. You know, I think that's that's a brilliant idea. Really. Um, I do that for draft to digital is the uh, publisher that I work with that, you know, we, we publish other people's work. Uh, and we, I do that with some of our blog posts, clean them up, yeah. add some material, that sort of thing. But. Well, yeah, the thing that I like about, about electronic books and electronic form is that they're current. 
the uh, mm-hmm. the the, tra- the traditional books I did, the you know hard cover. I mean, but I wrote it, and it, it wasn't done for another year before it hit the hit the stands, or you right. know, I got a box with the books in. I mean, and by that, there's all the stuff I'd like to have added. And with an ebook, you can be right up to yeah. date, easy to update them. So yeah, I, I think I've I've got a list of about a dozen that we're going to probably uh, probably turn into you know helpful things and some guides, okay. travel guides for, geared towards the the people who travel in RVs or tents or campers or whatever they're well, just. I mean, let me know when you're when you're doing that. I'll help you out with some of that stuff. I mean, I can yeah. point you in the right direction on like formatting and things like that. We'll yeah we'll get we'll, you a series of books out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I just need more things to do. You know, it's just. Well, that's right. what I was just thinking. But you're I'm like, you know, ten hours, you know, eight hours a day sleeping. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I could be doing something. <laughs> you're like me, though. Uh, you know, you you once you master something, you kind of get a process going. You know, and you say, okay, all right, I got some breathing room now. I better fill that time with something productive. <laughs> I think that's exactly it, Kevin. That's. I don't know whether that's a good trait or a bad trait. I think maybe my wife would say it's a bad trait. Yeah. Mine does too, <laughs> but but I'm having fun, and I, I know you are too. So yeah, hey. yeah. So you, um, I mean, you've got not this podcast has helped, I, I know, but I mean, you've got a pretty amazing community of our viewers. Um, what we, do you? Uh, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no you, you, I was just going to say we just added it up the other day, and uh, you know, from all of our different platforms—Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, um, where else? YouTube, the blog, newsletter. We have a community of about five hundred and fifty thousand. That's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot remarkable. of people. Yeah. That's a fantastic platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, they and they're uh, and they're all what I've noticed. Now I lurk uh, because I have a tendency to sort of take over conversations if I get involved in them. I I lurk instead and watch. Um, I like on your Facebook page. Um, and your community is very helpful within itself, which is a lot like the indie author community. I mean, your, your community, if there are questions that need to be answered, people pop in and say, you know, I use this or I've done this. They're really helpful. And I think that's true. Everybody in whatever niche or interest you have, if you can build a sustaining community, uh, and not use social media to exploit them. In other words, not use them as just a name collector or somebody you can spam. Yeah. But if you are part of that community and living that lifestyle, whatever the niche happens to be, uh, you, you develop a community that almost does your work for you because they're telling other people about it. They're, uh, they're reading and, and watching your stuff, but uh, they're also your friends. I mean, we uh, now have we started out having these gatherings around different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's amazing how many people you meet and uh, completely different. Any other circle, you probably wouldn't even be friends, you know, uh, right. as diverse a group of people as you can be politically, yeah. ethnically, religiously, everything. But they're all bound together by that one niche, that, that, uh, that special interest. And all those other differences uh, are somewhere else. Uh, I, I mean, in my experience, the whole RV community when you're when you're out there on the road, it's it's it was very encouraging to my wife and I because we were, you get a sense of being sort of alone uh, when you're on the road and you're out in the middle of nowhere, and then you come to one of these, you know, RV parks or a, a national park or something, and you run into other people who are doing the same thing you're doing, and suddenly you've got new friends. And, <laughs> and, they, and then you meet them, you know, down the road a couple of months later or a year later, and it, you pick right up wherever you left off. Exactly. And you're staying in touch on social media. And uh, it's become, uh, uh, you know, we use the word community so much now. I, I'm almost thinking it's family. It's more like a family. That's yeah. sort of structured. You got your crazy Uncle Ed over here. And you got, <laughs> you know, but, uh, it, it's, it's fun. It's a good group. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Road Skunk. Yeah. yeah. Camp skunk. Camp, Camp skunk. skunk. Camp yeah. skunk. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I messed yeah. that up. Uh, speaking of Camp skunk, so you, and you talk about this uh, in the opening for the show, you have a network of, of reporters. Um, how did you build that little network? Uh, there's well, some- it's, it's, I'm sure you get it, and any of your listeners do as well. If you have any kind of a blog, you're inundated daily with people saying, you know, hey, I, I just wrote a story about this. Will you publish it? Or yes, uh, is, yeah. it, you know, I don't even answer those because those are people who are just looking for a link uh, or to sell right. something. Uh, so we get all those, but 
early on, I made friends with the camp skunk, who is fascinating story of his own, as everybody is. Everybody's got a story, but he retired early. Uh, worked in government for a number of years, and his wife as well. And uh, they uh, became cynical, and he just had enough, and he quit. Bought a small camper van, and he and his wife and their cat live full time in it. Full time. And he's a brilliant guy. He's a he's a good mechanic. He's a, a, a philosopher, and uh, he's a, he's a, he's been very helpful for me as I've tried to figure out you know mechanical or technical issues and also to our community. So I, he came on and he started to, to contribute to the blog, and then gradually other people did. We had a, a, a woman who uh, lost her husband and is a widow, and some of the estimates have as many as 30% of RVers out there are solo female travelers. Who, uh, and she lost her husband as a widow and was kind of using the RV to, they were going to do that together, but to go see the country and kind of get over the grieving process and, and see where life was taking her. She's a writer of a single woman who, who writes a lot for us. Um, and we've got a couple of different uh, uh, people in different stages of life, but I kind of vet them all myself. Nobody gets any money. They do this because they love the lifestyle, mm-hmm. and um, and they help out with uh, interesting stories as they as they come across. So there's kind of like a little network of them now, but all handpicked by me. And uh, you know, so many people have agendas when they want to when they approach you to write. So we yeah. kind of solicit our, solicit the ones that we know are the real deal. It's the real real people living it. Yeah, I've been t- tempted to throw my hat in that ring. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we've been on the road and I've found something, I, there, there's an immediate impulse for me to record something about it send it your way. So yeah, maybe next time I'll just do it. Do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, you, so now you, um, we haven't talked much about Jennifer and that's, that's actually kind of a shame because she's, I uh, should, I could get it down She'd probably bring her down here and have to yell at her, but uh, <laughs> she's such a wonderful person. Hey, um, Jennifer! <laughs> hey, Jennifer! <laughs> Way upstairs. <laughs> I don't know if I can get her down here. That's fine. You know, um, you never want to make your co-star your wife. Yeah. Because they're prima donnas. Let me tell you this. They oh do- man. Just, oh my dog is in the picture. I don't think you can I saw him. I saw Bo earlier. Yeah. He's, he's looking for he he hears me yelling. She doesn't hear me, but she's upstairs. And Kara and I as uh, as we tend to uh have philosophical differences. And so I can't imagine. It actually might great make for great radio and TV, honestly, if she and I were to co-host something. Oh, it's 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 fun. I really enjoy doing it because she gives a much better um I don't want to say a softer, but yeah, I guess that is a little softer uh reaction to everything. On the podcast, many times I'll start to go off on a tangent and she'll kind of, you know, go like this or, or hold her finger up like that. I know what that means. I just stop. Um, but she said she helped me for years. We did a lot of freelance TV. And so she was with me in a lot of that and knows all the production uh, parts of it. And so slowly I have her doing more and more stuff and then on camera stuff. And, uh, and now she doesn't complain most of the time, yeah. <laughs> some of the time, but not most. <laughs> Yeah, so that's got, part of the joy is being able to work and travel with your wife too, with your yeah. best friend, your most important person. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I. That's one of the things that makes uh, everything you're doing that much more appealing is that you know because I mean we know my wife and I um, when we travel there is a it's it there kind of comes a moment where it seems like it's us against the world, uh, especially if things go wrong. <laughs> and they which, do yeah which they do yeah. that's just part of the rv lifestyle is yeah. things are going to go wrong uh and so she's the she's the one i rely on to keep me level-headed and uh, not blowing up and doing something idiotic but uh so there it's nice to hear because a lot of times when i encounter people who are talking about something i'm interested in it's almost like they're lone gunmen you know yeah, yeah. Mavericks well, running the roads i you know it kind of started off that way and and uh she was very, very supportive. She says, well, if you want to do this, go for it. You know, and I said, well, I think I'd like to do a podcast. And she says, well, how much more work is that going to be? And I'd explain to her that I really want to do. I love doing that. And, uh, and then I slowly hooked her into it. Now she really said, but uh, it's amazing. We go places and uh, we were 
on an escalator somewhere in a shopping center downstairs talking. Hey, good. You have a command performance. So bring a chair over and put your earphones on. I'll see if I can bring it. Anyway, somebody says, I know that voice. You're Jennifer. (laughs) And even our dog gets recognized, by the way, too. Right. So this will be interesting. She has no idea what we're doing. (laughs) And she's going to probably be way shorter than I am because I'm sitting in my office. So you got to somehow scooch up. Is there... There you go. Can you do that? Can we get I'll in? There? Could have you sit on my lap. And that there you go. There oh. you go, Jennifer. Hello. Right. Here's Jennifer. You got to put your earphones doesn't on. Doesn't have headphones on yet. Okay. Yeah, she'll get the headphones okay. on. Even that dog is in oh, here. Oh, are you coming in too? Put, put, put headphones on Bo too. We'll yeah, talk. Bo. All right. So, um, Ooh, so people can tell that we record this live, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. show, and I. This is a warts and all show. I don't. I don't edit <laughs> things out. I just. Jennifer, meet Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. Kevin was just going on saying Jennifer couldn't join us and that uh, he enjoyed uh, enjoys your part. So. I have been yeah. doing laundry, getting ready for our next trip. Yes. To ready to go again. And you guys are going to North North Dakota, you said? Uh, no, North Carolina. We just came North back Carolina. from North Dakota. You, okay, all right. Yeah, my North North I can't track. I cannot track. You guys need like a little GPS app that has a little blue dot. Showing. I got one. I got one. I got to figure out how to put it on the webpage. <laughs> Just found one that'll do that. Yeah. We used to do that when people would come and try and find us, and then they would get mad if we weren't there. And we don't, yeah. we don't want people mad at us. Yeah. 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 Took it off, and, and then I would always see where we are after we had left there. But, uh, but that's probably a, the best plan anyway, right? Because you don't necessarily want a, a world full of strangers knowing exactly where you're going to be at all times. Yeah, most people are just great. <laughs> We've had people just show up because they knew where we were. Really yeah, nice they people. bring gifts. It's actually kind of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah the gifts. Can... <laughs> yeah, they did. They brought a bottle of wine once, you know, that was nice. Do you ever get yeah. anyone out? I've had people do this, and I, I really appreciate it, but I'm always a little uncertain about how I should react. I, uh, for example, one gentleman offered me his cabin in Nova Scotia for a couple of weeks um, just because he likes the show, he likes my work, um, and I I really would love to go. Uh, I just... I feel a little awkward about it, but I, I'm glad to know those things are out there. Do you get people who offer things like that? No, I wish they would. Yeah, maybe. You send- <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd be happy. Let's take our dog. Yeah, if you don't mind our dog. All right. Uh, we don't have things like that. Um, we get a lot of people. Uh, Nobody who- likes us as much. <laughs> they, they, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> they said this, you know, they want us to review products. Yeah. And uh, so I'd say, and you probably get those too. And I'd say, all right, yeah. so I'll, I'll review this. But I always say, if I don't like it, I'm going to tell everybody that too. And so I did it. There's a couple of them on the on the YouTube channel where they, where they were all turkeys. They were all just, and and I <laughs> all of well, suddenly the, those requests have stopped. You know, I don't get a yeah. lot of them anymore. Yeah, and, okay. and that is okay. Yeah, honesty isn't always rewarded in this game. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, we don't we don't get any. Well, I get we always, we get people who offer in the RV equivalent to come stay in our driveway. You can plug in, you can use our showers or laundry. You know, we right. get that all the time. Yeah. And uh, we haven't taken anybody up uh, on that offer, but um, I, I suppose we could because, you know, uh, meeting people is fun. You know, you're always kind of on when you meet somebody and, you know, you yes. kind of like, you know, she would like to tell me how I could do things better or, yeah. No, you're downloading. You, know, you're you want to be videos. yourselves, you know. And you know we try to be working. ourselves all the time, but we're a little more polite when we're around other people. Or I am, anyway. You're always polite. Well, <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> well, you've got things. You're on deadline. You have to get things done, and people don't understand that because you're yeah. retired. They think I'm yeah. retired. You're you're supposedly retired. <laughs> we're just tired. <laughs> just tired. Yeah. yeah, basically retired means you're tired all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it and it shows every. Uh, you know, I recently uh, blasted through to to catch up on past episodes because I hadn't listened in a while, and uh, I, it's funny because I forgot to set my uh, the podcast app to play it in order, and it was playing them in reverse. So I actually heard your whole Texas trip. From end to beginning. <laughs> and was, I'm, I'm, who did that this week? Somebody else did that. Uh, yes. I had elbow surgery and they said they were listening in reverse and they said, oh, you're not going to feel that way in two weeks. 
easy right. little surgery. So yeah. That's <laughs> so you, um, yeah, exactly. I've, I've actually caught you on a couple of those kind of things. Like, oh, this will be a breeze. I ought to be in and out of there on this yeah. surgery. And yeah, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really uh, upset that I didn't, um, I didn't catch you guys when you were here in Texas. Now I'm, I'm in uh, the Houston area. I'm in Sugarland, Texas, which has a couple of things you guys might be interested in checking out someday. But um, I missed you. I could have been in Waco and and uh, caught up with you there because uh, I we were kind of in that area around the same time. So yeah, well, we want to go back. Yeah, yeah. there's back. so much you could you. I, I'm telling you. My wife and I finally just gave up and decided we got to travel someplace other than Texas because we could spend every every moment of travel in Texas because um, there's just so much to to check out here. We keep talking about that different states and your idea of just one one year just pick a pick pick a state for pick a, a state months. and have people say where we should visit in their state. Just concentrate yeah. on a state. Yeah, we just started doing a, a live. Uh, report every Sunday night on the YouTube channel. Wherever we happen to be, we just go live. And my goodness, it's turning into an hour-long show now with people asking questions. But the the idea is that, that you know we would maybe say, okay, we're going to spend the next month in Alabama, and you tell us where to go, and then we could do our stories. And, and then we could meet people. And meet people, you know, yeah. once or twice a week. And so have dinner, have a picnic, yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 Your your options uh, expand quite a bit when you get to spend a little more time there, and you yeah. guys are serendipitous travelers anyway. So, you know, you could just yeah. start at one corner of the state and work your way to the other corner. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like Colorado, we did a circle tour one year up there, and that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I would much rather have done that. So our RV is a Class A. It's a thirty-eight foot monstrosity um and we'll probably buy a class b at some point but we did our little first time we got it we uh we decided we're gonna go on a big tour we went up through texas to, up into kansas came back around through colorado and when we hit the ravines like we have this gas-powered rv uh a little underpowered for some of those ravines <laughs> a little train that could <laughs> yeah yeah i thought yeah. i was gonna have to get up push at one point um uh, but yeah so i think we would enjoy the van much better so you guys that the van that and uh we we briefly hit on this uh and for the li my listeners who don't know a class b in your case the class b is the one of the conversion vans a a, a van that's been converted into a a small rv it's called a camper van. Camper and van. What I have to say, which I, I could not believe, and I think other people can't believe, that our class B pulled a travel trailer. Oh, okay. Up and down the, the Rockies, actually. Yeah. Oh. It, it was I was impressed. Was that yeah. for like guest bedrooms or <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, it was, was. Our, well, it was our daughter and her okay. family. Uh, they stayed in that and we pulled it. And then uh, we had another son who followed us in a borrowed motor home behind that. So we did like a little family caravan. Family caravan, that's cool. Pulled that thing up and down the Rockies. I wouldn't have believed that it could happen, but it did. Yeah, it's, you can pull uh, what five thousand pounds? I think it's seven thousand. Okay, it's a it's a Mercedes Sprinter chassis. Right. And uh, Road Trek does the conversion on it, and it's about ours is a is almost twenty four feet, just a shy under, ten feet high, twenty. But it's a it's a van, and yeah. uh, but it has. What, Which one it? did we have though? That was the E Trek. That was the same one, except I think it was a little shorter. It was okay. a regular size, but it was 23 feet. But uh, tell, tell, tell about what we have in our, in our RV. Well, we can make it into a king size bed or leave it twin beds. We have a full bathroom, shower, you know, shall we just whip a curtain around the little yeah. space that's for the bathroom, a commode, the sink. Kitchen, galley, Kitchen, we have a convection oven. Big refrigerator, seven, oh, not as big Three. as home, but close to. And, all Everything. the comforts of home. Well, just <laughs> you're very close together. All the well, time. and I was going to ask about that. Like, what, what, how do you guys manage? Do you, 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 on the air, you guys don't seem like you would have a whole lot of conflicts, but I'm sure something comes up when you're in such close quarters. Like, how do you manage personal relationships in, in that little bit of space? You know, I never thought it was a problem until one day uh, Jennifer was doing something. And I kind of got in her way, and she said, I need some space with you now. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized, okay, that we need a system. And so he really liked that. that he went, he's told everybody that'll listen that, that I said, I need some space with you not in it. 
<laughs> well, that's where you need that camper behind the, the van. So yeah. the little dog house that you're pulling along. One of our other little slogans is small house, big yard. So yeah. he just sends me out to the yard. Mike's yeah. sister, I don't know if you've already said this, Mike's sister and husband owned 200 acres in northern Michigan. And we took our two granddaughters and the dog up there camping. And the Class B, there really wasn't enough room for, four, for people four people to, and a dog to sleep girl. inside it. So the girls got the inside, the two granddaughters and me, and the boys, Mike and our dog, got a tent outside. The, the dog was delighted to sleep with the outside <laughs> in the tent. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's small, not a lot of room. You yeah. need to, uh, you know, you need to empty the tanks every four or five days. And right. you know, how about the pop up? Oh, there's a new one out. Yeah, there's a class B with a pop up. Yeah, there's a new one. You can sleep two makes. It's got it's little steps. A, it's a Heimer, yeah. Heimer loft, I think it's called Heimer loft. It'll sleep six in a camper, but uh, uh, I've been looking at something like that. Um, I'm, I was kind of hoping VW would bring the uh, the California. That's the idea of the loft kind of. Yeah, I think. yeah. Uh, and idea. I know they're developing a Jeep that will do some of that as well. Really? Yeah. So, so for those people who are four wheel drive nuts, uh, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I have to admit, I'm actually, I'm going to do a little camper conversion on my, I have a Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma, um, and I was going to do a little mod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with building these things now. Like I, I tinker with ours so much and I've done so many things with our RV and added some things and subtracted some things. Now I'm, 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 I fancy myself an RV builder at this point. So I was going to try it. Yeah, well, good for you. And you get it all worked out. Let me know. I got a couple of projects. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this, Mike. I am definitely more handy than you are. <laughs> I, you know, I think uh, that was my one reluctance thing to do it because I kept saying, uh, I can push buttons, but I don't know how to fix these things. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons uh, Road Trek has sponsored us is because if I can operate it, anybody can. Oh, there you go. There you go. A selling point. Yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, I promised you we'd keep this under 45 minutes. We're coming up against time. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, but I want, and I'm so glad Jennifer that you were able to pop in. I, I was, I didn't want to tell Mike, but I was bitterly disappointed when you weren't sitting. Well, I'm glad that you wanted me to join. <laughs> so uh, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and the show and other things related to uh, road trekking online? Um, you can find the podcast. You find if you go to RV um, RVLifestyle.com, that will get you to almost everything. It, it'll it'll take you to the blog, and from the blog, there's links to everything that we have there. If you just want to skip that and go to the YouTube channel, it's RVLifestyleChannel.com. RVLifestyleChannel.com or rvlifestyle.com. Either of those will, will find us. And You've got some pretty decent domain names sewed up, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty good name, especially since this is becoming, you know, such a growth industry now, the whole RV yeah. idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to the point where some, some of us who were early adopters are kind of scratching our heads wondering where we can go because <laughs> we're running out places to go. <laughs> long, long tail name, you know. Exactly. RV travel across the country for those who can't find a better name.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Now, um, everyone out there listening and watching, uh, you stick around. You're probably hearing the groovy theme music right now. You may dance in place at will. Uh, Mike and I are going to hang out for a few minutes after this, but you should stick around and hear industry news, some other cool stuff you're going to want to know about. Mike and Jennifer, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thanks. Well, thank you. Nice to be here, Kevin. All right, everybody. We'll see you all on the other side. Hear your book the way it was meant to be heard. With a fully custom soundtrack based on your material. An album of music that perfectly fits your characters, your settings. Hear your book today. SonataInscribe.com. Hey, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike and Jennifer Wendlin. Um, you know, RV stuff uh, is very fascinating to me. The whole, the whole idea of being able to carry uh, what you need with you, get on the road, be completely mobile, completely off-grid if you want, um, that's all fascinating to me. 
you really should check out if you have any interest at all in getting an RV, traveling and writing, uh, traveling and producing a podcast, whatever it is you're into. Uh, you really should check out the Road Trekking RV Lifestyle podcast. Uh, it's one of the best out there. It's the, certainly the best produced. And uh, Mike and Jennifer are wonderful people. I love hearing everything they have to say. So make sure you hop in, check that out. You can find links to the show in the show notes of this episode. Uh, on YouTube, you just look down below, and uh, otherwise, you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, you'll find all kinds of stuff. So, uh, check that out. Now, <clears throat> let's get into the um, the industry news. This There's some interesting stuff happening. Cue the industry news music. So, first up, U.S. Supreme Court tax ruling means authors have to collect sales tax on direct sales. This is coming from our uh, good friend uh, Nate Hofflander at... Uh, the digital reader. Um, this story is interesting. I'm going to be, I'm, and I said Hofflinger, I'm in Hoffelder. I'm sorry, Nate. I, I Forgive me. <laughs> but um, this story is interesting because I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure if this is, um, if this is really accurate, uh, but I, I'm going to assume that it is because uh, this comes off the, it comes on the heels of a U.S. Supreme Court ruling, um, South Dakota versus Wayfair. If you don't know Wayfair, Wayfair offers uh, like discounted furniture sales and that sort of thing. And the gist of the case was South Dakota um, essentially was trying, well, let's just say this. The Supreme Court uh, overturned South Dakota's ruling, uh, but is saying that every business should collect sales tax for any sales made within a given state. Uh, regardless of whether they have a presence in that state. So in the past, uh, if we, if if a business did not have a warehouse or a distribution center or an office in, say, uh, Wyoming, then they did not have to collect Wyoming state sales tax when they made a sale to someone who lived there. Um, and uh, honestly, I think that's that's kind of fair. But I but the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, does not agree. Now, this is one of the last rulings that um, uh, Judge Kennedy made. <laughs> Anthony Kennedy, of course, uh, Justice Kennedy left uh, the uh, white, the uh, Supreme Court, and uh, that's caused all kinds of chaos and controversy we won't get into. Um, but in one of his final decisions before leaving, he decided to overturn the South Dakota State um, Supreme Court's ruling that said that uh, you did not have to collect sales tax if you were not located in the state. Um, and uh, I think, and this comes off of a case, uh, uh, Quill Corps versus North Dakota, uh, where the, uh, the, it was basically established that you, unless you had a physical presence in a state, you did not have to collect sales tax from that state or, or on behalf of that state. <clears throat> now, where this impacts um, indie authors, if you sell direct, Let's say you have a website where you're selling uh, copies of your book, uh, either print copies, audiobooks, or ebooks. It doesn't matter. Uh, you sell merchandise, you sell T-shirts, uh, you sell autographs, whatever it is you're selling. Now, according to the Supreme Court, you must collect sales tax from the state in which that customer lives. Now, think about that, because there's 50 states, arguably 51 if you want to throw Puerto Rico in there. Um, and at any given time, <laughs> you could have someone purchase, uh, one of your eBooks from you directly from any one of those States. You could have, uh, hundreds of people across all 50 States purchase eBooks or other products from you directly. And you would be responsible for making sure you're collecting sales tax and then making sure the States get that sales tax, um, for every purchase. So that complicates life quite a bit. And, uh, in an era where we were just getting tools and resources that would make it much simpler and easier for us to do direct sales, um, now we have to concern ourselves with this. Um, I don't think this is right, personally. If I reside in Texas and I charge a state sales tax for Texas, that makes sense to me. If my business is in Texas and you buy from me, whether it's on the internet or whether it's uh, in person, um, I should pay taxes on the state in which I reside. But if you, uh, if I have to pay taxes for every little state plus Texas, because <laughs> Texas is going to want their cut too, so if I have to pay taxes to every little state, uh, it starts eating into my bottom line, which is a problem all on its own. But it also complicates my business to a point where it's almost not worth it 
to try to do direct sales. It, 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 what it does is unfairly put uh, small businesses, such as authors, at a disadvantage and gives larger businesses, such as Amazon or anyone who can aggregate those sales on your behalf, a bigger advantage. Um, so I don't believe this is a fair judgment. Uh, I think Kennedy was phoning it in before he left. I think he knew he was on his way out, and this was one of those things he didn't care about. That's what I think. Uh, let me know what you think. <laughs> I know that's a little pessimistic. I can be a little pessimistic at times, but um, eh, that's the way it goes. Now, if you want to, if you want to uh, read that story and more, you can do that. Go over to bitly slash one fifty three dash taxes, and that'll take you to that story on Digital Reader. Uh, I'm sorry, on uh, thedigitalreader.com. Um, so, next up, <clears throat> we got iBooks gets a redesign and new Apple Books branding in iOS 12. Um, this is something we've known about for a while. We've known this is going to happen. Apple is rebranding the iBooks brand to simply Apple Books. Um, and along with that rebranding come a few new features, uh, particularly. And the one that this article uh, mentions is the Reading Now section, where uh, when you open the app, it'll automatically open to the last book you were reading and the last page you were reading. Now, this isn't new if you're a Kindle reader. This is something that Kindle has done in their app um, all along. Well, not all along. Maybe not all along. I don't know that for sure. But uh, they've done it for quite a while, and you're used to it. I'm used to it. So it's good to see a feature like that come to Apple Books. more intriguing to me is that there is that Apple it seems to be going through this product by product rebrand, and I'm glad to see that Apple Books is getting some attention. Um, in the past, it's been something of the uh, the unwanted redheaded stepchild. Uh, I don't know, is that offensive to people? Redheaded stepchild. It's just a saying I've had in my head my whole life. Let's just say the un the unwanted stepchild. Uh, <laughs> the abused Cinderella like uh, stepchild. Um, and, uh, you know, Apple Books, Apple iBooks at the time, it, it didn't get that much attention. Uh, I know there's been some shakeup within the organization. A lot of the people that uh, we knew who were longstanding uh, members of the iBooks team have moved on to other entities um, and uh, other uh, parts of the publishing industry. So um, there's definitely been some restructuring, redesign, uh, reorganization in Apple um, when it comes to this this brand, this product. I'll be anxious to see how this turns out. I mean, taking a look at screenshots for the new app, um, it looks much more attractive to me. Uh, it looks it's much more in tune with what they've done to the Apple, uh, the uh, iOS App Store, uh, with like little articles and things that pop up, you know, related to that industry. Um, so it remains to be seen what's going to happen for indie authors in this, but uh, I, I get little hints and whispers that this could lead to some good stuff for, for the indies. Um, there is definitely more interest in, in uh, expanding this, uh, this part of the Apple brand. So we'll see what happens. So as of iOS 12, uh, we'll start seeing iBooks uh, shift over to Apple Books. Uh, and that draft to digital, of course, um, that's that means uh, a little bit of retooling for what we do, but you know, mostly messaging. But yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be good. So check that story out. Um, hop on over to Bitly slash one fifty three dash Apple, and you'll find that story in full. Um, <clears throat> next up, Harlan Ellison, uh, a legend in the science fiction and uh, writing community, has died. Um, and uh so, you know he this was a controversial figure. He died at the age of eighty four um and died in his sleep, which if you're gonna go that's uh that's not a bad way to go but uh Ellison uh is born in nineteen thirty four in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh he started publishing stories. His first short stories were published starting in nineteen forty nine so he didn't uh wait too long he got he got started right away um now this guy's written for some of the uh the most well-known television shows out there. Uh, he wrote for The Outer Limits, The Man from Uncle, and, of course, Star Trek. Uh, how could you forget Star Trek? Uh, he also wrote for, or he served as a consultant, rather, for shows like The Twilight Zone and Babylon 5. Uh, and he worked briefly at Walt, uh, Walt Disney Studios until Roy Disney uh, overheard him joking about making a porn with some of the film's characters. Uh, <laughs> so he got fired. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
Now, Harlan was kind of a controversial figure um, in the sci-fi community as well. I mean, he was he had an antag- antagonistic relationship with a lot of other sci-fi writers. He tended to be a little sue happy. He um, he got real sue happy over over uh, people he thought were stealing his ideas. Uh, for example, there was a there was a whole lawsuit with James Cameron over the Terminator. And Harlan Ellison uh, claimed that that was stolen from one of his ideas. They eventually settled out of court over that. Um, and um, I, 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 I don't know enough about that story. But now I want to find out more. <laughs> because I remember hearing something about that not really caring at the time. But, uh, but Harlan was uh, not. He was somewhat uh, controversial and maybe a little caustic. Uh, but, and definitely played by his own tune. Um, but he was a great, he was a legend and, uh, it is sad that, uh, that he would, uh, he has passed on, but he left behind a, a, a pretty brilliant, uh, body of work. And, uh, I'm glad for that. I've, I remember, I've read quite a bit of his work. I've, uh, over the years, I remember, um, in high school reading some short stories, uh, by Harlan Nelson that I don't think I was supposed to be reading, frankly, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, go check that stuff out. Um, some interesting stuff, some and very at times intellectual um, and, and nuanced. So, you, if you haven't read anything by him, you might check it out and you'll enjoy it. Uh, you can find that story, of course, at bitly slash one fifty three dash Harlan. Uh, go check that out. Check out some of his work uh, in memory of Harlan Ellison. And that is it for the Word Slinger Industry uh, News and. Um, I'm glad you could tune in and join us for that. We are at the end of the program. Um, I hope you are enjoying the Wordslinger podcast. I, uh, Depending on where you're consuming this uh, material, if you're looking at me right now on uh, YouTube, hello. Um, and uh, if you're listening on the uh, podcast, as always, I'm thrilled you're here. Do me a little favor. Um, go out and tell, let's just say, three of your friends. Um, about the Word Singer podcast. I'm trying to kind of grow that audience a little more, particularly on YouTube, uh, where I don't have a lot of subscriptions yet um, because it's new. I only started doing a video in January. I think a lot of people haven't caught on that's there yet. So uh, help me spread that around a little. And uh, I really appreciate that. If you have, um, you know, industry news or little tidbits you'd like to fling my way, hop on over to wordslingerpodcast.com where you can uh, send me an email. If you've got a question, if you've got a question for me or for one of the guests, if you have a question about writing and publishing or about anything else, um, send, send it to me at wordslingerpodcast.com. Just pop on over there, click on the contact, contact button, and uh, you know, let fly. Um, you can also follow us on, uh, on uh, Twitter. We're at wordslingerpod on Twitter. You can look up wordslingerpodcast on Facebook. Um, pretty much anywhere, any social media outlet, uh, I should be floating around. You can follow the show. You can follow me, Kevin Tomlinson. Just type Kevin Tomlinson into any social media, uh, search, search tool. And, uh, you are likely to find me, honestly. (laughs) So, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in being a part of my life, part of my show. Um, these things are, uh, you know, they're important to me and I know they're important to some of you. So I appreciate you taking the time, uh, to, to just, you know, spend a, a, an hour or so with me. All right. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you all next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Wordslinger Podcast. Now, you can support this show by visiting wordslingerpodcast.com. That's where you're going to find back episodes, books by me, and links to anything and everything Wordslinger. And be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. I'm Kevin Tomlinson. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Wordslinger.